Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome back to another edition of Feminist Movie Friday. And I think it is actually going to be released on Friday this time because I'm actually doing work this time, Annie. Aren't you proud? <laughs> I am. I'm very happy about this. <laughs> um, but yes, so if you're listening as it's released, it'll be a Friday. If you waited to listen to on a Friday, happy Friday. Um, if not, it's just a Feminist Movie Day. You're welcome. Any day. Any day is a feminist movie day, as it should be. But we are back, and this time we're back with an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, and it is something that we were talking about previously, because it was one of those, Annie, you've never watched this, what? Conversations. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about fried green tomatoes, or also called fried green tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. So other places are, they do the full title. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go ahead and add some warnings to this. One, this was released in 1991 um, and is based uh, in Alabama slash Georgia in the 1930s. So it has a lot of offensive, outdated content. Outdated as in like, it's not acceptable today, but was portrayed as it would have been in the 1930s. So there's that. It depicts racism, white supremacy, murder, death, cannibalism, and abuse. So there's a lot. This is definitely one of those movies that, like, kind of borders on being Southern Gothic. It's definitely Southern Tales, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's reminiscent to me of someone like uh, Carson McCullers would have written. Actually, I read a fact that uh, the Harper Lee from who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, loved, loved, loved this book and really <laughs> felt it was a great book. So I was like, oh, that w- if I was the author, Fanny Flagg, I would have I would have taken that quote and framed it. If Harper <laughs> Lee said that I wrote an amazing book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so about the movie, uh, this was based on the 1987 book by Fanny Flagg titled Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. And she and uh, Carol Sabisky wrote the screenplay for this movie. 
the movie was directed by John Avnet, who uh, read the book in 1987, took it to producers, was like, oh, this needs to be a movie. Um, and it was nominated for a couple of Academy Awards. It did not win, uh, but it did win a GLAAD Award, which is interesting. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about this. I, I, people already know. I know y'all already know. For those of you who have seen Fried Green Tomatoes, who like or love this movie or book, you already know why. But there's a lot of debate, and we're <laughs> going to jump into it. But first, let's talk about the movie. So the characters uh, include Kathy Bates as Evelyn Couch, Jessica Tandy, R.I.P. She was a real one for real, uh, <laughs> as Nini Threadgood, Mary Louise Parker as Ruth Jameson, Mary Stuart Masterson as Iggy Threadgood or Imogene. Threadgood, Cicely Tyson as Sipsy, Stan Shaw as Big George, and my childhood love, Chris <laughs> O'Donnell as the short-lived character of a buddy Threadgood. Yes, I mentioned him because I love him. I loved him from Circle of Friends. Have you ever seen this movie, Annie? Oh, no, but I'm so curious. I had a brief crush uh, on him, too. This is uh, interesting. Love, love, love. <laughs> so Circle of Friends, and no, we're not talking about it, is based on a book by Irish author uh, Maeve Benchy, who I loved the book, um, and I loved this movie. Minnie Driver became my favorite. I think she was my woman crush mm. as a kid, too, because she was so fantastic in this movie. They were so fantastic. <laughs> that might be another movie we have to visit, Annie, because... I loved it so much. Horrible. Anyway, it's yes. based in Ireland in 1950s, I say, I think. But that's where I first saw Chris O'Donnell. I was like, yes, please. That's much less embarrassing than mine, which is Batman and Robin Forever. <laughs> no! I try to ignore those days. I try not to mention it. <laughs> it's Robin days. And I had a crush on him. <laughs> it's very, very embarrassing, but I'll share it. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's an iconic movie because you had all the characters, all the actors and all the characters. Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl, the one and only time that was featured. <laughs> the puns, the puns. <laughs> oh, This was so before bad. I even knew I loved puns so much. I think it was like touching. It was resonating with something in my brain. <laughs> this was the George Clooney version, right? I just remember yes. Robin. I'm not going to lie. I can't even remember who the Batman was because in my head oh, it yeah. was. But like, yeah, it's definitely one of those... Infamous, like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, the puns. The puns. <laughs> They're I love we're talking about shameless. this. It's so good and bad at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. We're now just talking about Chris O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. I loved him. I loved him with all my heart. I didn't heart. know this was him. So this yeah. is great. Did you, did you not realize that was him? No. When you watched it? Yeah, so a lot of... I just watched it this morning. Okay. And a lot of the actors are just so much younger than things I've seen them in. Yes, true. That I was like, I know I've seen you before, but I don't know where. (laughs) Yeah. So my partner watched it with me. And when, um, when uh, Mary Louise Parker came on, he's mm-hmm. like, is that the woman from Louise? I was like, yeah, this is one of her, not first roles, but like one of the beginnings of her role. Uh, Mary Stuart Masterson were like the, t- the the teen stars of the 90s. Uh, mm. I was like, because he was like, is she in a lot of things? Mary Stuart Masterson. I was like, yeah, she was really big in the 90s. You just didn't know because you, <laughs> so much older than, no. I'm going to stop talking because it makes me sad. Anyway. <laughs> I'm reminiscing, it's fine. But yeah, mm-hmm. so 
There is some of the characters, we're not mentioning all of them, but those are the main ones to remember, including remembering that Chris O'Donnell, yes, was indeed in there. And they all have really unfortunate accents, except for Jessica Tandy, as well as uh, Cicely Tyson. <laughs> I tell the you, only two who stay away from trains is what I've learned. Don't. They, and the whole part <laughs> to this to me was like every time we were watching that and the, this love of trains, they're like, why do they love trains so much? It just... Not seem to be. I'd doing be well like, for never them. again. <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> go near a train. <laughs> Inevitably, someone's gonna get ran over. Um, but yeah, so let's jump into the plot. We were introduced to Evelyn, who is going with her husband to a nursing home to see his aunt, who obviously does not like either one of them. Um, but they stop in a small town called Whistle Stop, which has actually uh, been run down and abandoned at this point. Apparently, it's based out of Juliet, Georgia. I don't know where that is. Twenty minutes outside of Macon. Interesting. Hmm. And there she meets Nanny Threadgood, who starts just telling her all these amazing stories. It's really fun to me because you do have those moments where people just start talking and you're like, what, what's happening? What's yes. happening? <laughs> and it ends up being amazing. And here right. we see that that happening. Um, and she talks about her life at in her hometown, Whistlestop. Uh, which she's like, have you ever been there? She's like, actually... Oh, I have. <laughs> and a beautiful mm-hmm. friendship begins as Nini starts her tales of Iggy and Ruth. So let's talk about Iggy and Ruth because we have a flashback and forth throughout this movie. So it begins with, yes, the death of Buddy, who is the, the love and of everyone's life, it sounds like, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we see him coming in and obviously a big wedding is about to happen. They introduce Iggy as a, as a child and she is obviously a tomboy character with scrapes on her knees. Her younger brother teases her, making her attack him, runs out the door. Uh, dear Buddy has to be the one to calm her down. And you can tell this is her favorite person in the whole wide world as they cling to each other. He is a handsome man, again, teasing and flirting with everyone, but there's only one love, and it's Ruth, who we see together. And and we can tell that Iggy loves Ruth, too. So this is the perfect threesome as they're going, as they're enjoying their day. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking several things about this. As they're enjoying their day, her hat, Ruth's hat, flies off, and he goes to retrieve it, and he gets stuck in the train. And as he's trying to jump away, oh, he dies once again. (laughs) Yep, his shoe gets... Okay, okay. Can I preface (laughs) this? I want to say something here. I have never seen this movie. I had an idea of what it was, (laughs) and it was like older women having fun being older women. I don't know why I thought that, but that's what I thought it what, what it was. And I'm going into this movie, da, 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 the first like 15 minutes, this guy gets his shoe stuck in the train track <laughs> and it's all building of tension, building of tension. And I'm like, oh, surely, surely he'll get away. And then it shows him kind of like get out of the shoe and jump away. And I thought, oh, I made it. No. He did not. <laughs> no. I was like, what movie is this? <laughs> well, several article comes out with it being a dark comedy. So, like, it's considered... Several times I was like, this is sort of a horror movie yeah. right now. <laughs> Think of it as, this was released two years after Still Magnolias. Mm. And so it kind of, along those same lines, a lot of, like, heart-wrenching moments, but funny, too. So mm-hmm. this is this was the 90s formula that they had. And this mm-hmm. is like the wholesome but not wholesome, like cannibalism. I'm like, what the hell? I know. I we'll was back not and everybody was that. laughing. Apparently, I was like, well, okay, well, okay. My stomach was churning. <laughs> <laughs> I said something at one point. 
to my partner again, who was watching with me, and he's like, don't do that to me. I was like, don't do what he does and we'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I don't condone it, y'all. I'm going to be on so many lists. Um, But yeah, so IG does not take this well. Nobody does, really. But Iggy really becomes more reclusive, saying, and it's, they say that the only person who can get close to her is Big George. And eventually she grows up and she is more rebellious, hanging out in the wrong places, drinking and gambling. And there's some loose women, all these things, uh, even yelling at the preacher. Oh, my God. Oh. And so essentially Ruth comes back uh, to try to help her. her. The mama comes and calls Ruth to help her out. She's like, I can't do anything about it, but you can. And at this point, a beautiful relationship starts and blossoms. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here, I'd like to emphasize, as a kid when I was watching this, because I was old enough to watch I think it was one of those PG movies because PG-13 hadn't happened yet. Oh. I think um, it's 1991, so you tell me. But, like, it, it came out, and you get the rentals, and I watched it. I did not catch any of the sexual overtones. I was just like, oh, they really love each other, as in friends and sisters. Like, as I'm watching mm-hmm. it this time around, I was like, oh. <laughs> uh-huh. There's a lot of lingering looks here. <laughs> 
there and eat up food, <laughs> which we'll talk about a little more. But uh-huh. they purposely did this. We'll talk about that as well. They just really dialed it down a lot or almost try to make it like if people are offended by it, they can ignore it. So they wanted to make right. sure it was successful. And it was. But here we see their their relationship blossom and they get close. They, uh, you know... Iggy shows off her kind side as she donates food from the train, which she loves, and they're on, and they're okay to jump out of it. I'm like, what? again, you're, okay, whatever. Y'all really like this train <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> as, as they do all those things and get closer at one point on this adventure, because Ruth does not give up, she goes to a swarm of, like, a beehive, charms the bees, and gets a jar of honey, which, by the way, Stuart Masterson did that herself. She actually did that because the stunt person quit when she found out she had to do that scene. Fair. (laughs) So Mary Stewart Masterson was like, yeah, I got it. And she did it. And it's a beautiful scene in which earns her the title or the nickname, the Bee Charmer or the Bee Chama, as I kept saying. The Southern accents. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. It's hard, but wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all this happens. And then Ruth says she's getting married. Kind of sad moment. Uh, Ruth leaves and Iggy just does her thing. And and there's an implication here because Iggy refuses to go to the wedding as well. But again, not a lot of like lingering heartbreak or anything. Just like, oh, why are you doing that? Okay, gone. Um, We see Ruth going into the house with her new husband and Ruth's mom comes with him as well. Iggy goes to check up on her and finds that Ruth is not in a good situation as she is being abused. But she, Ruth, Ruth said, don't, don't worry about it. Go away, go away. So she goes away until she gets a letter from Ruth saying that come and get her, essentially. It was code for, please come and get me. I will go where you go, essentially, which is a biblical verse. And um, part of that is because she had found out she was pregnant. Also, her mother had died, so she was alone and did not want to raise this child with him, who was severely violent. So, Iggy goes to get her, and Iggy and fam. So, Big George comes, and her, her brother had come to rescue her, but a big violent incident happens. I was like, damn, they went all in on the scene. I thought I thought she was going to die. Right. I thought Ruth was dead at one point. Right. Oh and, and the fact that the men never do anything <laughs> it was kind of interesting, other than threaten them. Because I'm like... Well, I didn't, like, somebody go and at least punch him. But okay, that's fine. <laughs> so, they, but they get away, and Ruth and Iggy are happy, stay, starting their own cafe, uh, Whistle Stop Cafe, with the infamous fried green tomatoes. I'm really hungry right now. I really want some fried I green tomatoes. I love fried green tomatoes. I do, too. <laughs> and a shout-out to my favorite restaurant, not a sponsor, Heirloom Barbecue, who yeah. was run by a Korean woman and her hus- white husband and has some of the best barbecue and the best fried green tomatoes, but it's only seasonal and you have to watch out on Instagram mm-hmm. to see when they fry it up. But I want some. So mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway. Okay, back to, of course, we come back in between these stories to see Evelyn's life. Evelyn, who we originated with, has been trying to navigate her unhappy life, trying to get her husband to pay attention to her, her finding her confidence and figuring out how to navigate it as like at one point there's an article that talks about how feminism is coming into play because we do see her going from both how to be sexually happy classes like how to satisfy your man and we see the the infamous saran wrap scene uh, <laughs> i say that's where it really began because i know there's been jokes but i want to say that's where it originated standing at the door waiting for your husband and only in saran wrap and heels i think that's where it originated oh my from. gosh I, i'm t- I, I wish i could captured my response to this whole movie. I didn't know any of this was going to happen. I was like, whoa, <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> I had yeah, a wild but... morning. <laughs> you were 
were like going through all the all the roller coasters here. I, was. I should have warned you. I thought you knew about it. No, I didn't oh. know about like any of this. Man, I should have warned you that it is dark. Okay, my bad. <laughs> my bad on that one. I failed on this one. It's okay. And then the other scene to that was like the feminist scene where they're able to look at their own vagina. And apparently, Fanny Flag was in that scene. Like the author oh. uh, made a made a cameo, and that's not her first time in a, in a movie. So facts you should know. Facts you didn't know. There you go. There you go. But yeah, that infamous scene which they're talking about looking at their own vaginas. I remember that scene going like, what? <laughs> Being very Because like they all were removing their underwear. And I was like, oh, oh, as a group. Okay. That's, yeah. That's a thing. But the whole idea of like feminism coming up and she didn't feel like she could fit in that either. So she didn't know where she fit in anymore. Um, and then, but she's still visiting uh, Nini throughout this time and she's growing more confident uh, hearing these inspiring brave stories about Iggy and Ruth and she's really like yeah that's right even at one point again screaming Tawanda as she got back at a couple of rude girls who had stolen her parking spot mm-hmm. you know because the girls are like just face it lady or younger and faster prettier or younger and faster so that's how because they had stolen her parking spot mm-hmm. that she'd patiently waited for and yeah that causes road rage people it does. Just so you know. <laughs> um, and so her response was, Tawanda, she starts ramming it because the story is that Iggy would scream Tawanda as she did something brave. And I'm still trying to figure out where Tawanda came from. So if someone knows, because that's not Iggy's name, who the hell is Tawanda? I, I, the vibe I got was it was sort of like, because it was Frank, right? I asked her her name. Yeah. And she clearly could pick up on this guy is a douchebag and was like, it's Tawanda. Um, and w- it was just sort of a, I'm not going to give you my name. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe that's what it is. Because I was very confused. I don't know. I mean, it could still am. It could be anything. But that, that was what I picked up. I was just like, she was just giving clearly a fake name and okay. did not care. Which is quoted in different movies. They'll scream Tawanda. I believe uh, Tyler Perry parodied that oh. scene as well, essentially. Well, um, I, I had a thought about that within... Um, Spider-Verse, when Gwen panics, she gives the name Gwanda. So I, I don't know. I was just kind of like, oh, I wonder if that was a, a influence. Maybe. <laughs> it could have been. But yeah, so something like that. She runs into the car and then she leaves with a face of girls. I'm older and have better insurance or more insurance. <laughs> and then she walks away. And I'm like, there you go. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, we see her confidence coming back uh, or coming around. So we go back to uh, Ruth and Iggy. Yes, uh, and the return of bad husband Frank, uh, who, of course, is in the KKK, you know, immediately. They, he comes back to pretty much find them. He tortures Big George, later on tries to kidnap the baby, um, but Jerk got smacked in the head and died and then served up as barbecue. <laughs> to the, like, guy trying to figure out who did it. Very coolly and incessantly. (laughs) Right, yes. So the GBA guy comes through to solve the murder, but enjoying that barbecue. Sure does like that barbecue. All the people did. Um, And after several years, the car that he had driven, Frank had driven, is discovered because there's too much rain and it flooded out. And then they officially arrest Iggy, as well as Big George, for the murder of Frank. Um, And a trial occurs, but... The reverend, who she's been teasing the entire time, gets on the stand, lies about where she was and giving her an alibi and getting out of trouble. Um, and she and George are cleared. Turns out he had uh, used Moby Dick mm-hmm. instead of the Bible to swear on and that he had 
<laughs> he had made a deal with Ruth that Iggy would come to church. So <laughs> there's that. Um, we discover later that it was actually it was actually Sipsy, played by Cicely Tyson, who had accidentally killed Ed, uh, trying to defend everyone and get back the baby. Um, and it was Iggy's idea to make him into barbecue, uh, which everybody again apparently loved because everyone's like, "That sure does smell good." <laughs> I this. Really made me think about a lot of stuff, Samantha. <laughs> I was like, how many revenge plots involve feeding the person to other people? But also, like, Big George seemed to know how to cook that. He sure did. She was like, we need to boil the hog. <laughs> boil the hog. <laughs> Which I totally get, like, with Southern Gothic, like, don't ask too many questions. But, yeah, like, don't ask. But it was just Things funny. happen. <laughs> happens and it gets handled okay uh-huh. that's what happens uh-huh. uh, <laughs> um and in between all this evelyn continues to grow in her confidence even stands up to ed her husband who's like really condescending and you want to smack him but kind of the 90s version of a husband of the typical husband so it wasn't too far off i've seen this i've seen this nope. um and she's still visiting ninny who uh Tells her the rest of the story. Uh, Ruth and Iggy have been living a good life, but soon Ruth is diagnosed with cancer and she dies. Very tragic, of course. Yep. Uh, and I've seen people talk about how that's the saddest death scene. Again, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go record something in a minute. sorry sorry um and that's kind of how the story ends apparently like the town essentially shut down she said that they made the statement that you know they really felt that the whistle stop cafe was the heart of the town and when it shut down the uh, little area town shut down as well um and here we find that uh as Evelyn and Nanny come to the conclusion of the story, Nanny has left the ho- nursing home after going through a lot of, like, did she die? Mm-hmm. I know everybody loses it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she doesn't. She ends up leaving because the person she was with had passed away, so she didn't need to be there. She went to her home and found that her home was demolished because it had been uh, condemned, but no one had told her, so she was waiting for it. But uh, Evelyn goes and explains everything, and then invites her to live with her and Ed. Um, and we see the ending scene with Ruth Gravestone that has a jar of honey and a note from the bee charmer. Again, that inside joke. And then then we see Nene and Evelyn look at each other like, oh, she's here? She's still alive? Blah, blah, blah. And then there's some insinuation that maybe Nene was Iggy. Again, we're going to come back to this because that's a hot topic debate Ooh. and i have thoughts so do okay. you so. so yeah that's the movie i'm sorry that i didn't tell you that it was a tragic comedy that's okay <laughs> i it was it was a fun ride i was like wait it's <laughs> a good train, tragic comedy the train we didn't even talk about this but there's a scene where you think ruth's son yes. has died by train and he did lose an arm but i'm sitting here like this train's gotta go <laughs> The train's got to be stopped, <laughs> which it eventually does. But the, it's implied um, that the train leaving was also part of why it closed. Yes, which is actually something that really does happen. I know, like, it, when the train stops going through areas to bring right. supplies or, like, it takes a lot of jobs away. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of supplies away. It happened, actually, in my hometown. Um, I don't know if I ever told you that. My grandfather had invested... Uh, in an area and bought land and all these things in lumber in a lumber area because they, there was train tracks and there was supposed to be a train that went through and then last minute it didn't and so he 
he lost yeah. that business um, and everything failed because of that. But there's this train track that has never been used that goes through my uh, hometown. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's it was very sad at the end when uh, Nini was, you know, sitting on her suitcase and staring at this thing and this whole town is completely empty. Yeah, yeah. And that it's true. That does happen. Uh, mm-hmm. There are real towns you can visit like that that are just completely abandoned, that were built mm-hmm. around certain things that aren't there anymore, don't run anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a Whistletown Cafe in, in Kennesaw, Georgia, <laughs> right across from one of the most racist places that you can go to, ran by a man who is a racist, and he proudly claims to be because he has all his Confederate flags with a no certain people who can enter his store. Oh, God. On, on a sign that says it. Um, <laughs> Oof. Oof. Yeah. I, if people know Kennesaw, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, and they, he's been on the news many a times. But yeah. But that exists. I know in Macon, I think there's a Whistle Stop Cafe as well. Or Valdosta. It might be Valdosta because Valdosta is mentioned several times. Uh, in the in the movie, and then the original Alabama place, I think, has a cafe like it that mm. was uh, based on mm. mm-hmm. that it, that this yeah this cafe was based on. So there you go. If you want to risk going to the south like that, <laughs> go go for it. I, I don't know anything about the businesses, so I can't yeah. say to that. But <laughs> right. like, it's always it's a risk to, in my true. world. Yeah. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. We're going to talk about the themes a little bit. The first theme is family, because we start out with Buddy uh, and and your chosen family. I think we're going to talk a, lot, a little, little bit more about, like, friends and, and lovers, essentially. Um, but, yeah, we see how Iggy is connected to her family. Her mama, she doesn't get enough shout-out. Iggy's mama really was there for her. And in the book, her mama and her family are very supportive of Iggy's lifestyle, which we're going to get into in a minute, um, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said that it, it's not believable. <laughs> Especially if from the location and timing of when the ba- the book was based on, but yeah, I felt like that was really sweet. Uh, the Buddy Junior, the connection between Iggy and Buddy Junior, who she raised after uh, Ruth dies. You know, you can see that same connection that Ruth had with Iggy as she was growing up. That changed a little bit, though. I guess. Hmm. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does. Uh, and then that whole small town community feel that has each other's back. Obviously, the reverend coming through, mm-hmm. saving them in the end. Uh, even though no one knew the truth except uh, Sipsy, Big George, uh, we didn't really talk about Smokey, mm-hmm. who was the alcoholic uh, who they took care of a lot. And he had a crush and, and was in love with Ruth, apparently. Um, so was trying to defend. Well, he would have. He was a good guy anyway, but like mm-hmm. was defending her. Um, there, those four of them were the only ones who knew what happened. Mm-hmm. And they never even told Ruth, and everybody suspected that it was Iggy because mm-hmm. she has a temper, and she had threatened to kill him. Right, uh, she, like, in front rightly of people. So. <laughs> oh yeah, rightly so. The framing was also interesting because the way, like, when you lay it out, uh, okay, we know who did it. And when you're watching it, you don't find that till out till the end. So you're kind right. of like, oh, who could it be? But yeah, there. I think there's a really sweet beat, too, between um, Buddy having all of these stories that he would tell. Uh, he would tell Ruth, and he would tell Iggy, and then Iggy later telling those to uh, Buddy Jr., and then that being Ruth's, like, last request is, please just tell me the story. I know it's a lie, but just tell me mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. Um. So that was a really, I mean, painful, but, like, a good through line of, you know, his influences, his right. influence. And th- that's what it started with, was, like, we can't tell her story without talking about how important he was right. to her. And it's very Southern. This whole, like, Southern culture of passing down tall tales, Mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and that happens throughout. Well, we're being a good storyteller. That there's something to being a good storyteller uh, in the South. I grew up with that, knowing that there are certain people you knew would entertain you with whatever story. My, uh, I have so many family members who can do this, that they want you to repeat that story right. repeatedly throughout the years because it's so funny because mm-hmm. of the way you talk about it. And then Jessica Tandy's character, Nini, does that. So it's like a whole through line in general about the the legacy of storytelling and like opening up 
people's eyes and, and like feeling involved and or changing moods or, or, you know, like really influencing individuals. So, yeah, for sure. That's a huge part of that. And it is a huge part of like Southern Southern culture. And I'm sure it's bigger than that when we look into it, because we know that's how uh, legacies are, are, are taught. Mm-hmm. That's native, like indigenous people does, do this. The native first people of the, have done this in order to keep their their traditions alive. So we know that's a thing for, for all specific cultures like that. But the, yeah, the way that this happened with the tall tales, we see that as well as an influence um, in this movie. And then, yeah, we'll come to the love friendship. Because again, like I said, I was like, uh, yo. <laughs> oh, so obviously we have to talk about Ruth and, and Iggy. Um, again, in the book, they are openly in a relationship, actually. They are out together. Everybody knew it. Uh, again, in fact, Iggy is out as a lesbian since she was young. The family and community had supported her and was accepting of her, even to the point when Ruth came involved uh, and, and they, they were, I guess, initially getting together. Her father, Iggy's father, was like, do you understand what is the responsibility of taking care of a child? As if she was, she was, and in the uh, article I read, it said man-to-man talk, very sexist, but like trying to like uh, emphasize that her her role, their relationship role of Mm -hmm. what what she would be, um, the way she dresses in the movie was very indicative of her being more masculine than not. Um, Mm -hmm. But in the book, it is outright said that she is a lesbian. Again, in the movie, they took that all out. Mm-hmm. And we don't see that. Because to the point that you don't even know if they're actually sharing houses and who's sharing houses with whom. Because at one point, I know, like, Iggy was living with Sipsy. So, and then they're talking about when Ruth got sick, she moved to a different house. I was like, so what house? <laughs> Wait, what? Where'd she go? Where, where's she at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you also have Iggy having relationships with men. The implication that she was having relationships with men. And in the book, uh, Iggy is having relationships with, with women. And I think, the not prostitute, but like... The woman in town. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> the loose woman. I don't know. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know. This is what the like. As I was reading the differences, what they said. Uh-huh. So I was like, but they said that she wasn't exactly a prostitute though. Mm-hmm. But something. Something to that implication. I see. Okay. I don't know. In the book, and those who read the book can probably clarify clarify for us because I have not read this book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is an interesting uh, perspective because I haven't read the book either, uh, but I had never seen the movie. But we did. One of the reasons this came up is we did that episode on movies or entertainment that made you question, like if you're queer. And at the top, we gave examples a lot of people listed and one of them was fried green tomatoes. And I read an essay about it. And when I was watching it, so I guess I was coming at Prime thinking, oh, the, right. they are. Because um, the essay was very much, it, it brought up the book and it was very like, you know, see, this is why and all this. And so I was watching it like, you're giving me all the, this is, it's kind of sad, but I was like, I don't even see this in modern movies. Look at how <laughs> <love> they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really, like, they really played it up. The the uh, river scene as mm-hmm. well uh, was one of, I'm like, I, okay, now I see it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they were in the water together and they come out and they're like under clothes and it's, they're, they're not naked ever. They're fully dressed. They're just wet. It's like, but the way they're so, they're like, oh. 
There it is. Mm-hmm. The the lingering look uh, after she does the bee charming, uh, the questions, the the teasing that uh, Iggy does with Ruth. It's like, oh. But again, the movie makers and producers made it safe enough mm-hmm. that there was plausible di- deniability, uh, which is sad, which is why I questioned the GLAAD award. I get it. Uh, the queer people would definitely love this movie, but I wish it had been one of those, like, they were outright saying it. Like, it is right. now, I think. But back then, it wasn't. They were hiding right. it, and they still got a GLAAD award. I'm like, that hypocritical. Yeah. <laughs> Not from GLAAD, but from the producers and the directors. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like a having your cake and eating too type right. of situation. And it's also sad given what we've talked about before where it's unfortunate that we can't, like, there's a scene early on where I'm like, okay, Ruth is into Buddy. Yeah. But then she takes Iggy's hand and I'm like, okay, right. But it should be, it's just, it's sad we don't get enough depictions of platonic friendships, relationships. Right. Of all all types that, you know, it could have been, especially because they were trying to hide it, it could have been they were just good friends. And, you know, right. that's fine. That's a great story. I'm all about female friendships. Exactly. But it, it do, it's kind of sad because I was like, oh, no, I finally get to see this thing. But also, I'm just, it feels like erasing one thing for another thing. I don't know if I explained right. it well. Right, right. There is this level, like, you want this to be a, a both of those things. Like, I grew up thinking it was about female friendship, really gathering for each other. Like, it, the song, uh, <laughs> Are All's Gotta Die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, I'm pretty sure it's based on, like, the fried green tomatoes friendship. Mm-hmm. But it's a friendship. That's a friendship. Like, that, that mm-hmm. you would do whatever you have to for your friend. But, like, yeah, it's like, could we not have both where this is this? But... Because you do want that queer love story mm-hmm. that is so sweet and so endearing. But then you also want that friendship where you don't need that as well. And I know that's something that you deal with with your sexuality in general, specifically, Annie, because like both of those things can exist mm-hmm. in that level. But I, I found it funny because I did think about the the courtroom scene where she expresses. Because in my mind, I was like, why doesn't she just say he was abusive? But in that time frame, that wasn't seen as abusive. Right. Uh, it was just keeping your woman in line kind of conversation. Right. So, and she says, she says, I love her. That was that moment of like, <gasps> but mm-hmm. then she said, she's my best friend. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wait, okay. So it was that back and forth, that tug right there too. They're like, they want to put that in just in case that people right. assume. And, but it can be both, right? It can be. But well, that's that, but that's, that's the play. That's the, again, that, that straddling the fence right. that they do. I feel like there's a difference here between that of like, oh, I don't want to outright say it because I'll lose money as a studio. And it being, you know, we have histories of like, you know, Boston marriages or ways women mm-hmm. would get married or live with each other because the time didn't allow it. But also, sometimes, a lot of times, I would hope <laughs> the person you love is your best friend. <laughs> right, right. So it's 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 complicated. Like, there's a lot to unpack with that. Right. And again, this is 91. It was starting to become more open, mm-hmm. but still very fresh. Mm-hmm. So, so many things. Remember, 80s had a lot of scare with HIV, which is a lot of fear-mongering, and a lot of uh, going after the gay community. They purposely were demonizing gay communities with this. So, 
it, it's this level of like, okay, I see what you're doing, but at the same time, why did you take the Glad Award? Like, <laughs> type of thing. Right. You know? Like, right. okay. Okay. Because the book was explicit. So you altered right. it. If you, if, you, if you altered it, you had a reason to. Um, right. But again, that's one of those things I go back and forth on. As a, and I would not have been allowed to see that movie had they been a gay relationship. I will say that. And that's part of the reason, <sighs> yep, I'm sure, why they did is. that. Yep, it is. But it was funny to me watching it from my standpoint and being like, wow. <laughs> they are overtly. Love. <laughs> they love each other. Just kiss already. Kind <laughs> of. They have a whole scene where they're like throwing food at each other Fruit and it's somehow faces. erotic. <laughs> Those two scenes, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other friendship, because I we can't go away from the fact that uh, Nini and Evelyn, as mm-hmm. they grow in their friendship, is beautiful. Nini is teaching her so much. As she's talking about confidence, because yeah, she, I do say at one point she's like, I think she might have killed her husband. <laughs> I think she's reading <laughs> yes. the story a little too hard. Yes. Can someone check on her, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh huh. But it was I love the fl- friendship. Uh, Jessica Tandy, she was already thought of for this movie. Like she was already going to be cast, and apparently she loved this role and everything about it. Maybe the first time I seen her, uh, Kathy Bates was in Misery. So, Misery was uh, 1990, and then this was soon after. So, this, this was Kathy Bates' era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, and I, I love to see it. Uh, but yeah, apparently 90 was her, uh, was Misery, and she did phenomenal. So, this is a complete flip for her, going from that to this, and yeah. her pulling both of this off is genius. I loved it. Uh, I love Kathy Bates. Yeah. She did. Fantastic. I love the... Um... It felt like a very feminist awakening for her where yes. she's hearing these stories and she's like questioning, why can't I even look at my own vagina? Why am I go to, going to these like marriage classes when he could give like two shits about it? Like right. my husband and having all these questions and hearing these stories from Nini and getting inspired and kind of recognizing her own anger and what she wants. Um, and I feel like there's a pretty powerful metaphor of there's one part where she, Kathy Bates's character, Evelyn, uh, tears down a wall. Doesn't ask her husband, just tears it down. It's like, I want this light. I want this. I want this. And then she decides, no, I want Nini to come back in. And she rebuilds it. So it feels like she's tearing something down. And she's becoming more confident and more aware of what she wants. And I also love her husband, Ed, is like, doing the frantic, oh, God, she might leave, have some flowers. Right. Like, <laughs> this is what I do. I'm, gonna fix, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't notice. Right. Right. Um, which I find fascinating. I think that's an interesting part of how marriage in this patriarchal system can control women is this idea like, oh, he'll leave me. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, maybe I'll leave you. And he's yeah. suddenly panicking because she does do all this stuff for him. She like hooks right. him the food. She gets him the beer. She doesn't bother him. She lets him, I don't say lets him, but he talks down to her and she doesn't say anything about it. Right. So it, it was kind of funny and kind of frustrating. And I was still sort of hoping that they break up at the end. But uh, like <laughs> that. Yeah, you just wanted to be the two of them, uh, Nini and yeah, Evelyn chilling in the guy. house. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the way to go. But you know what? As you talk about that, there is like feminism is definitely in this 
in this movie because we see the growth of Ruth as well, the subservient quite woman who doesn't want to, you know, who comes in to try to tame mm-hmm. Iggy, but the opposite ends up happening essentially. And mm-hmm. Iggy kind of brings out her her uh, other side, you know, the, her for her birthday, they took her to the the, the bad spot. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to call it because it's not a bar. It's just a... Yeah. Get together place where she plays poker for the first time. She drinks for the first time. She gets into the water and they have that moment, uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and and Ruth saying this is the best birthday I've ever had mm-hmm. and like growing into it and then like finding her footing and then being able to leave uh, her very abusive husband and, and being able to stand up against him and, and being able to do her own business, you know, running her own business and doing well with her friend and not needing a man necessarily mm-hmm. uh, to take care and raise this child. Like, it, all of these things are like this growth for both of them, Ruth and Evelyn, in mm-hmm. parallel stories um, and then becoming women in their own right and doing what the hell they want. Yeah. And it was it was interesting to the... Um... Because unfortunately, you still don't see that many roles for older women. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to hear like Evelyn and Nini talk together and then sort of see this, like especially when Evelyn like rams her car into this other car six times <laughs> and have that conversation about age or um, like these younger women who are, you know, maybe, quote, don't get it. Um, it was just I don't know that I've seen too much of that, of yeah. the, like, learning from the older generation um, and maybe those two women uh, who got their car wrecked in a couple couple of years. They'll be like, wait, <laughs> they'll be there. Also, they'll never try to steal someone's spot again. <laughs> no, no. I don't think they You got will. the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ruh-roh. Uh-huh. I also love that Evelyn's last name is Couch. Yeah, and she's, like, always getting sat on. Because she keeps having these confrontations where she's like, why are you being so mean to me? I don't right. understand why you're doing this. Right. And that was why it. Why are you being... <laughs> That's it. And then she yeah. just runs away. Uh-huh. Not this time. Not to Wanda. No. Not to no. Wanda. That's going to bother me. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, 
And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. So, another theme on this is, of course, racism. As with the most movies of that time, and even recently, uh, though they do try to make a correct spin of addressing issues like racism and, and, and the uh, disparities, they still get stuck. Uh, with the stereotypical narratives in portraying the issues. Um, here's a good quote from Ranker.com. One pronounced shortcoming of fried green tomatoes is how it portrays the lives of the African-Americans in Whistle Stop. The movie doesn't hold back in displaying Jim Crow era discrimination as well as the subservient roles African-Americans were forced to accept. It does a better job than other films at the time of showcasing how systemic intolerance destroys communities and ruins lives. The movie, however, makes the mistake of presenting characters like Big George and Sipsy, played by Stan Shaw and Cicely Tyson, as stereotyped hired help with endless dedication to their employers. These characters lack depth or personal agency, while they are welcomed with open arms in Iggy and Ruth's chosen family, their stories only matter in relation to the white people around them. Um, and again, this is that white savior thing that we see constantly. I, I know I want to say the help. I've never seen that, but that is the large criticism. It's like, why do you have to center <laughs> black people's trauma around a white person saving them, essentially? And, and don't get me wrong, again, as this quote says about the fact that they did a good job, they don't dis- do, uh, they don't hold back in displaying the Jim Crow era discrimination and the roles that they have to accept during that time, especially in the South um, at that point in time, and like the uh, influx of KKK members um, and the violence that was happening uh, against the Black community at the point, and honestly still, but. But they're still, like, as the portrayal, they really do lean hard in to be like, oh, but, you know, these white people will save them because they're protecting them, and that's that's why they're okay. And also, they're they're mild and cold. I will say, like, the Sipsy character, there's two big stereotypes in there. The Big George, the name Big George in itself is, like, an indication, and Sipsy's character is an indication of, like, yeah, this is almost, like, gone with the wind level mm-hmm. <laughs> of portrayal, but okay, uh, of the black uh, community. But like Sipsy says at one point, she's like, I'm not your mama. Don't don't come in here like that. Like she does like stand firm and making sure she separates herself from them, uh, like the white people she works with or works for at that point in time. And of course she handles her own because she's the one that took out Frank. But still <laughs> her narrative is so quiet, you know, like it's mm-hmm. still just very quiet. And she just, 
meekly walks away. Um, and maybe that's, again, purposeful. And also, yeah, it's Cicely Tyson. There's so much more she could do with that character. Like, she's a phenomenal actor, and it felt like a, like a throwaway, even though maybe that's the way the production was. I don't know, but like, how dare you not <laughs> use Cicely Tyson more because she is phenomenal. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, once again, I did not know this was going to happen to me this morning when I was watching this. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, I think it's interesting that, because this really started a whole conversation in my head about, we've struggled with this too. Uh, you know, when you portray something of the time, um, how to do that carefully, delicately, accurately, properly. And I do think a lot of that has to do with who's writing it, who's in it, who's centered in it. Um, Because it's something we can't and shouldn't ignore, but it also isn't something that should be romanticized by white people. Um, So I think that's important in this whole conversation. And it, it, it was, it felt clumsy. Like, I feel like a lot of things they did do better than a lot of stuff I've seen, right. even recent stuff. But it still right. felt kind of clumsy. And I'm going to assume that's because of who was involved. The main people that I see credited are not Black, are part of the Black community. So I would say, you know, I don't know who they talked to. Maybe they did. Uh, I think when it comes to like those specific characters, you have that, you've seen Big George and even that name like throughout the years and you know exactly what kind of character you're getting into and what they've become. Uh, most of the caricature of uh, Black men in those times and they do it purposefully of that gentle giant um, doesn't talk a lot. And, and so there's a lot of implications to that as well as the Sipsy character of being that, you know, the motherly nanny-ish type. But, you know, you know what we're talking about in that level in taking care of or being the one that uh, has to give the tough love to the white character because she's not, she's too spoiled. But again, this like level of like, this is where the stereotypes of when we see of black women and, and black men kind of come from in that level of like, you're trying to target people and minimize who they are as people um, and taking away the depth of the story that is there. Once again, we don't even know anything about where did where did Big George come from? We just know that he and uh, Iggy are close. But why? <laughs> who is he? What is it? What? And then who is Sipsy a part of this as well? Like, what? So it's just kind of all those things that they purposely did these things to make them a side character, not even of human almost, just further the plot. And that is, again, really problematic. And even though, again, this movie does better job than some, especially during that time, it still is like, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and then at any point, I'm going to say this, if you're using derogatory terms and scenes of like a KKK scene with uh, the black community at the time, and you don't have black people present to like monitor as well as dictate what's happening. I don't think it should happen. Maybe that's too harsh of a. I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it should happen. Like that seems. It feels real bad. Yeah, and it also like made me because this was a long time ago, but occasionally I would get complaints before you, Samantha. I would get complaints like you about trigger warnings. And I 
you know, I went into this movie not knowing any of this was going to happen. And I was quite shocked at the language <laughs> that was used. And it, I was just like, yeah, that should be a warning. There should be at the front, like, hey. And I, then I was like, I guess movies really don't do well at doing that or a lot of other stuff. But like, I I rented it digitally and I got no warning. <laughs> so I was just... But it is, it's true. Like, I think that that should be something that only people <laughs> uh, from the Black community, they, yeah, they should be there. They should make sure, like, okay, this is um, being handled correctly. But also there should be just a warning at the front. Like, hey, yeah, it's going to be in there. I mean, there's there's things to be a revamping because, of course, we can't ignore that history. That's too mm-hmm. ignorant and we don't want to downplay that. Mm-hmm. But again, this is that level of like, OK, let's have a conversation about who should be able to dictate uh, what's being said or done here and why it's important. And if you don't have black people on that set uh, as part of that voice behind the scenes, then you need to, you should not have permission to use it. Like, that's yeah. end of story. <laughs> and it sucks because that's, like, such a traumatizing thing. That's one of, like, the yeah. most Yeah, you don't want to work that in, but... Right, but it... You don't want them to do that labor, but at the same time, there's so much to this. It's like, okay, how do we go about this? Because, yeah, we already know what happens when white people take a hold of it. Or non-black people. Right. We've had that conversation before about the pain of doing of being a historian or a researcher uh, when that's your expertise or that's what you're doing. And so it is, it is really painful. So I think that should also be recognized too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much to this that's like, oh, Mm -hmm. by the way, I was wrong. It was PG-13 because that had started at 1984. I thought it was later. That was in the 90s. It was after Poltergeist. Oh, that's right. We had that conversation. <laughs> so it was PG-13 at the very least, but still, like, some of those things are like, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only laughing because, again, I, I did not know what's going to happen sorry. to me this morning. That's the one, this one's on, I guess we're even, this one's on me. I'm sorry. Nah, it was all right. It wasn't as uh, traumatic as my my mistake, so it's okay. No, I mean, it was I just bad. wasn't. I mean, still. Yeah. In my head, I know you hadn't seen it, but I assumed you knew of it, like, of the things. Uh, no, I okay. thought it was older women living in a house together eating fried green tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that two of them were in love. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Well, you know, and then the final, I guess the final uh, theme is death and endings, because we do talk about that throughout when things change and what happens and what that looks like and dealing with that um, because yes we have a lot of death throughout this movie um, at the very least at least Nini's still alive and even though we're talking about themes there's been a debate and most of the things that I've seen online assume that the movie Nini who was played by Jessica Tandy is actually Iggy so in the Wikipedia page they have Jessica Tandy playing Nini slash Iggy Threadgood. In the uh, IMDb, it does not credit her such. 
Mm. So I don't think so. People talk about whether or not she was itchy in the end, telling the story as a third person and then mm-hmm. being needy. But in the book, she's actually not itchy. She mm-hmm. is uh, Iggy's sister-in-law because she married Iggy's brother that we mm-hmm. met. So mm-hmm. that's this is how she knows the story. So, but there's a whole debate about it, and people are like, "No, she's Iggy." They changed it in the in the movie. And I was like, "I don't think so." I so I told you I thought that was going to be the conclusion. I don't think so either. And I started to rewatch it because, as you know, once I rent something, I watch it like. A million times. And I feel like the scene in the beginning where, I mean, you probably know better than me, but where Iggy's coming down the stairs and in her dress and gets in a fight, wasn't that Nini who's like, she's going to ruin my wedding? No. So Nini is the sister-in-law to Iggy. The boy uh, that's teasing her, the brother that's teasing her, she marries him. I guess I have no idea who is getting married. That's the oldest sister that we never hear about again. (laughs) That never comes into play again. Well, and I can't help you at all. But (laughs) I I assume, yeah, I I thought it was going that way for a minute. I thought it was going to be one of Ruth or Iggy. Yeah. But I don't, nah, I don't think so. That's so my professional you and I opinion. both, you and I both, though, but like all of the things that I've read, they go back because like I just read through it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because uh, I at the ending, I was like, that's not itchy. Because like the look between Evelyn and Nini when they discover that the, there's a jar of honey, like mm-hmm. oh, knowing, and that's the end. And then almost like when Evelyn goes, like maybe we'll run into her as before we leave. I think everybody insinuated. That, that was an insinuation that she was running into her right then or trying to play coy. But I was like, mm, don't think so. Yeah. And it also kind of felt like for me that the it was more of a she is a a free and wild spirit, I guess. Like right. she's almost almost a force um instead of a person. Like not that she isn't, but almost like it's that taste of feminism you get through her. And right. So it's like something that will live forever. I don't right. know. Like, I kind of got the vibe. It was more like, oh, she's around, which she Still is, legendary. I believe. Yeah. Um, but also on top of that, like the look would be more, you know, and right. she's living within us, like, and is still going. And Oh, you got real uh, deep on that one. I, I get real deep. <laughs> you sure did. That was it. That, that's not where I went, but okay. Yeah, nice. I liked it. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> I, do, I love this. I do this all the time. My friends will be like, I'm pretty sure it's just. <laughs> all right. You're not wrong. She's become mythical at this point, but uh, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Inside of, find the itchy in you. Ooh. Ex- <laughs> yes. Yes. That We need that on a, a pillow or Her something. Her name is too close to itchy. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, the itch of feminism. Oh, there similar. you go. Again, slipping it out. Sure. Yeah. I don't like that. Let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> we'll workshop it. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> yes. Honestly, like, there's so many things we could talk about. I love that they included Mary Kay. That really made me laugh. Yes. That made me have some During thoughts. those times, yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. That was too rich for my blood. And my parents' blood. Oh, yeah. We no. were Avon people. <laughs> <laughs> but also just a lot of like, yeah, 90s 
thoughts around women and yeah uh, dieting culture I, yeah i didn't left that dieting, dieting culture. culture the whole level for sure yeah and i love her friend who i never learned her name but i love her friend who's like i'll just whisper something in her ear and i'll be like divorce <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so it was fun i mean i didn't know what i was getting into but i apologies I, I did enjoy it but yes this uh several listeners have recommended this one um, so thank you. We do take your recommendations into account. So if you have any ideas for the next movie, some of you have already sent them. We have a list. I promise we are collating them. But if you have any ideas, uh, you can send them to us at Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. Uh, we have a Tee Public store and we have a book you can pre-order at StuffYouShouldReadBooks.com. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.